always wanted to know who the best player was on tour simply because I wanted to actually work as hard. And then I ran into a, a little guy by the name of George Knudsen out of Canada. And I watched him hit the golf ball. I watched him with the white stand, making the club back way inside, releasing the club. One of the greatest ball strikers I'd ever seen. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the McKellar Golf Podcast, a Ryder Cup special McKellar Golf Podcast. Uh, we have a very, very special guest um, uh, coming on. But before I do that, uh, just a quick one. Uh, my constant reminder to please go to mckellarmagazine.com and purchase your copy of McKellar Magazine, issue number seven, if you've already got that. Try issues three, four, five, six. Uh, we have t-shirts, we have box sets. It's a uh, it's an all-singing, all-dancing uh, shop at mckellarmagazine.com. Uh, we are currently working on issue eight, but we uh, we can't pay our writers if we can't sell any magazines. Um, so uh, please, please uh, support great golf journalism. Uh, my co-host, Mr. Jeff Shackelford, uh, is very excited uh, this week because uh, his f- phenomenal newsletter, if you're not subscribing, please do, uh, the quadrilateral, oh my God, the quadrilateral, uh, is uh, on Substack. It's a, just an essential read. Uh, McKellar Magazine is sponsoring the Quadrilateral this week. Uh, so uh, if you if you get Jeff, if you get Jeff's newsletter, um, there'll be a code there, and you can get twenty percent off everything on the McKellar uh, website. That's twenty percent. That's uh, that's pretty good. And the added bonus, who you will then. Uh, get down with Jeff and his newsletter, the quadrilateral, please. So please, uh, please support that. Jeff, how was that? Pretty good. eh? That was good. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be 20% off everything on the site. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, I, I actually, Tom doesn't doesn't know that yet. Either. He'll kill me. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's, it's it'll uh, all balance out. He'll be fine. Uh, anyway, uh, Jeff, it's, uh, it's a whole show with our guest this week because uh, the Ryder Cup is a very, very uh, special uh, week in golf. When was the last time you were at a Ryder Cup, Jeff, before we get them on? Can you remember? I was at Whistling Straits. Oh, well, yeah. And then I was at Le Golf National. But I am going to be doing this one from home. I was at Rome. I saw the course, saw the city, and I am... Um... Well, I don't want to. I don't want to make Mark too depressed before we get going. But I'm very happy I'll be here uh, to to cover it from from television. Uh, uh, you've given our guest away, Mark Canizaro of the New York Post. Mark, how you doing, pal? I'm doing fine, Lawrence and Jeff. How you guys doing? Great, great, great. Um, Mark, you are off to Rome. Uh, we're recording this on Saturday morning. Um, uh, you're off to Rome uh, tomorrow. We'll come on to that. But uh, it's the Solheim Cup in Spain. Uh, this week, actually, I've watched a bit. The golf is just fantastic, but my goodness, uh, Jeff, uh, it looks like it's a organizational bloodbath. Based on Twitter, yeah, and just looking at the golf course, I mean, everybody's talked about how hilly Marco Simone's going to be for the Ryder Cup. <laughs> it looks like the old course compared to this place. It is, it, it is not nearly as hilly as uh, where they're playing, and it looks like there are some unbelievably ridiculous climbs and falls and then uh yeah it seems to be a logistical uh nightmare on, on top of that with buses and different things that's a shame to uh to see that that's kind of the the uh, takeaway i hope that's not the case with with italy but they they definitely have some last minute work to do based on what i saw when i was there so hopefully it's a little better organized and as I've told everybody who's going once you're on site it's going to be spectacular it's just getting there could be could be work uh, if uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, I suggest you go. Uh, there's a Twitter user called Carolyn Scott. Totally Carolyn. She's on the ground. She filed a thread last night. It's uh, just a damning indictment. Um, just stunning stuff. Uh, it's very hot out there, very hilly, and they're trying to dream people for, for buying water. And stuff. I mean, it's just incredible. Uh. Uh, the great Dave Cannon, the, uh, the legendary photographer, a very... Um, Restrained guy, uh, Dave yeah. uh, loves his golf. Doesn't you know? He's not one of these guys that shouts. He he even was forced to tweet about it. But I posted a photograph from lunchtime of people leaving the premises. Uh, uh, good luck to those people trying to leave the premises. Apparently, there are about three or four buses for tens of thousands of people. Uh, it's or yes. thousands and thousands of people. It just sounds ridiculous. Uh, our friend Andy Johnson at Fried Egg uh, or Fried, I don't know if it was Andy who tweeted it, but I, t- I tweeted a, a, t- a quote from Tom Abbott. Uh, 
uh, of the Golf Channel describing the, uh, there was a Alison Lee hold up a, a, a this morning, a, a quote from Tom. Uh, we apologize that we didn't show it to you, but we are taking our pictures from a German production company that provides pictures to the LET. We'd love to show you, but they didn't show us. So uh, the, uh, again, it isn't spoiling my enjoyment, but the TV coverage is pretty patchy. Uh, lots of yeah. really, really bad camera work, um, patchy coverage. Um, apparently, Jeff, the um, the LET, I can't believe I'm saying this, but apparently the LET issued uh, its usual contract with the IMG and all the logistical side of things. And this is the, uh, the consequence. I should have known, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm a, a devotee of websites, uh, good and bad. Uh, I think the LET website is, I mean, it's a little bit better these days, but that for many, many years. That was the uh, just the absolute pits of uh, of golf uh, websites. Uh, it's no surprise that they can't handle the logistics of running an event like this. Actually, even the website for the Solheim Cup this year is, is atrocious. Uh, Mark, what was the uh, what was the worst Ryder Cup you went to in terms of uh, logistics? Well, you know, it's funny you mention this. I'm listening to all, you know what what Jeff kind of teased a little bit, and and some of these uh, you know social media things you've been reading. It amazes me, Lawrence, that so many of these places you know i mean these are big organizations that run these things you know the european tour you know pga of america and it's staggering to me how poor the organization is on a lot of these things and i'm already now now wary of what's going to take place in italy um my first ever Ryder Cup was in 1997 at Valderrama, and that was a bit of a nightmare because the police went on strike, as you know, over in Europe. That that happens, you know. That's that that's the uh, you know, you know, page three out of the you know disruption textbook, right? Uh, so there was a lot of issues getting in and out of Valderrama and whatnot. But uh, I mean, gosh, Glen Eagles was no was no bargain. That was, I mean, I had family that that went to to Glen Eagles to watch the matches. And they had to get from the from their hotel. They I think they had to take two trains and two buses just to get to a parking lot and then walk, you know, three thousand yards. So these things, this seems to be a common denominator for all of these things. Unfortunately, the uh, my favorite memory of Glen Eagles is uh, is uh, Paul Laurie was there in the crowd and uh, he tweeted out about uh, you know ten pounds for chicken tenders. <laughs> he couldn't believe the price of the uh, welcome to our world, Paul Laurie. Exactly. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, I, I, again, I don't want to get into uh, the kind of moaning uh, as journalists are very well looked after. Uh, but if the, I could, uh, Lawrence, if I could just jump yeah. in for a second. The one thing is, if somebody has written for a long time, that readers and listeners of, of our podcast and like that give less of a crap about is us entitled sports writers who actually get to watch up close and personal these incredible matches. And no matter how bad Marco Simone is, I can almost guarantee it's going to be there going to be fascinating theater there, you know, next week, uh, you know, this week as we go. But um, so, yeah, I, I, I always hesitate to be the complainer and the bitter and the moaner because there's a lot of people out there that would, you know, kill to be out in our spots. Well, yeah, well, I, yeah, but I, 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 I bring this stuff up because it does impact the fan experience. I don't, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, nobody cares what we go through and what we eat for lunch or don't eat for lunch, but it's the, um, it's 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 just it's a bigger picture uh, topic that that needs to be reminded uh, or some people need to be reminded of that they go to the highest bidder with these cup events and they don't pick these places uh, for logistical reasons necessarily and uh, and then when it goes bad they they uh, kind of want to point fingers and it's it's not uh, acceptable and and it's just one of these things again i i'm i'm not too worried about marco simone but it's still that should not be a narrative of the solheim cup this week uh that that this kind of stuff is going on and it's really a shame uh yeah it really is. as i said as i say um <clears throat> people should go and read carlin totally carlin is there a twitter a handle of really uh um, extensive description of what it's like at the fan experience this week in spain it's a real, a real shame uh, the actual uh, did they, either of you guys see the opening ceremony? I did. I did. I did are you gonna? Know. Are we gonna do a fashion uh, breakdown of, well, of those uh, outfits? Well, I was more concerned <laughs> about the horse. Uh, there was a sort of dancing horse. I saw yeah. something. Yeah, that looked. Uh, I was reminded of that John Mulaney um, line about uh, describing Donald Trump's presidency as like having a horse in a hospital. 
And uh, I, I was very scared that this horse was going to jump on, on somebody at some point. It looked uh, quite bizarre. And again, nobody there, Jeff, was there? Well, what, what, yeah, but it was a large venue. So, um, yeah. yeah, the 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 Ryder Cup one's just going to be on this field out at Marco Simone. The, uh, the, the thoughts of having it at the Coliseum or whatever had been floated uh, did not happen, which which is probably fine. It's out where everybody will be. And uh, they'll have the usual schlocky entertainment. They've announced a few people I've never heard of. I'm sure you 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 might know the music person, but um, oh come on! But it's part of the it's part of the fun of the uh, the 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 tacky uh, theatrics and the sunglasses and uh, and then of course it'll be a beautiful contrast to the Walker Cup one we just had, which was so dignified, short, simple, sweet, beautiful, classy. Uh, and recognized everybody that needed to be recognized. And that, that's really all you should do. But, of course, we know that won't happen in the Ryder Cup. The uh, the, the European Tour actually were going to have the opening ceremony at the uh, Coliseum, but they blew their budget on hiring it for Henrik Stenson, ah. who, had pro- who had, pro- had signed a contract and promised he would not go to live golf. Yeah, um, yeah nice one, Henrik. Uh, Mark, you're a devotee of uh, of great uh, opening ceremonies. Uh, you didn't see the this one this week. I just wonder where you put it in the pantheon of bad opening ceremonies. I actually did not see it, Lawrence. I've been, as you know, I was out west near you and and in a, in a on a work trip uh, covering the Giants with football, so I didn't get a chance to see it. I watched a little bit of the golf uh, yesterday, uh, and obviously saw the Lexi Thompson uh, debacle. Um, but yeah, can uh, I, can, yeah, yeah, let's get into that one. Yeah, I, actually, so very quickly to some, again, I feel like I'm just describing things in case people haven't seen them. Lexi Thompson's, uh, you got to see this. It's uh, it's worse than Hunter, I can, it's worse than Hunter Mayhan's at, at Celtic Manor in 2010, the chip. Uh, she has a habit of uh, buckling under pressure, does, uh, does Lexi, but uh, that's okay. Um, good player. Uh, asked in the subsequent press conference to <laughs> very politely by a, a journalist called Alex Maselli, who's not known for particularly, uh, you know, kid, he wears kid gloves, but they're made out of real kids, <laughs> as the joke goes. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's quite a good line, isn't it? Uh, the um, uh, Alex asked very gently if she could t- t- describe what had happened, and uh, she, uh, I don't need to go there. Um, obviously, she subsequently did answer it, but it was... Uh, what did you think of that, Mark? Well, I mean, I, I look back to, uh, you know, Lexi's situation at the Olympic Club where she had, uh, you know, Women's U.S. Open uh, in her grasp and completely threw it away. And I, if I'm not mistaken, did not speak to reporters after that at all. Uh, disappeared, Not didn't do a TV interview, didn't do print interviews, uh, which is, you know, I mean, that's, you know, that's A1A is what you need to do to, to show some class, you know, win or lose, uh, no matter how hard, you know, go watch some films of Greg Norman, you know, after his, you know, crazy collapses and John Vanderbilt, etc. So fasting forward to what happened yesterday, you know, her answer to Alex, I don't need to answer that question. Well, that's why you're in the press conference. And that was it's not like, you know, Alex asked Lexi about her personal life or love life what she likes to have for dinner or breakfast something personal he asked her what what took place on the golf course that's what they're there for to answer questions about that and so i go back to lexi's you know essentially you know uh, lack of accountability in the olympic you know club situation and look at this and it just shows you know she she shows herself to be a, a pampered athlete and 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 spoiled and it's just a terrible look and you know the under the breath. That's a terrible question. That was an absolutely proper question. I mean, it yeah. was a pivotal moment in not only the day but potentially the entire set of matches. I mean, the U.S. had a chance to take a commanding lead into today. Uh, you know, I say today. We're you know we're speaking on the Saturday, but um, yeah, I was shocked. I mean, I, I shouldn't say I was shocked because I've seen it before from her, and it's a shame. It's a bad look, and and she obviously doesn't care. You you cover the NFL. It's multi-billion billion dollar sport, Mark. Um, how, uh, you know, would you ever see something like that from an NFL player? I guess you probably would. I mean, but uh, th- th- it strikes me that the NFL. I mean, access is part of the, the you know the reason there is a good reason why it is so huge. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're going to find athletes in every sport, team sport, or or, or individual sport, Lawrence and and, and Shaq that are going to try to, you know, are, are not going to be accountable or they're going to not like your question. Uh, you know, the NFL and all the leagues, you know, have regulations that players have to be available. But, you know, sometimes they shirk those responsibilities as well. We see this everywhere. And listen, golf, 
is obviously such a lonely, you know, animal here in terms of, you know, these professional athletes, you know, the, the camera's on them, not on their team, right? And I get it. There's The, the pressure is immense. But for Lexi to indicate, it with the, iron, the irony was she actually went and answered uh, Alex's question anyway yeah. because she wanted to get her, you know, her excuses in place that it was a terrible lie and it was an impossible shot. That was not that difficult of a shot. I'm sorry, not for not for the result that it produced. I, I get it, you know. Maybe maybe it was a bad lie, and and she wasn't going to stick it close. But that was barely even a side hill from the way I saw it. I mean, it really was not a it was not a difficult looking shot. The lie wasn't thrilling looking, but it was a cold shank, and she just uh, she does not have a great short game, and it was it was fairly typical. What what's more painful, I think, was. Yeah, she had that kind of typical knee-jerk reaction of players now. Uh, but then that Stacy Lewis, the, the captain, threw in something implying that that was so out of bounds. And then if you read the rest of the the, the press conference, she did the usual stuff, in which we'll we'll see a lot of. And what makes the Inter Ryder Cup somewhat entertaining, frankly, uh, where you know she can't give away the secret sauce, and and you guys keep writing what you're writing, and that that'll keep motivating us, and. They come up with all these sort of ridiculous um, uh, reasons to get riled up or to act like what they're doing is is uh, really something much deeper than it is. And she she as a captain should I mean that's pathetic. She doesn't understand. And 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 it was well into the press conference, even though it was the deciding moment of the match. Really, in some ways, um, she needed to get it on the green at least. And uh, <laughs> so it it is a nice uh, precursor, though, to what we'll I'm sure we'll have again with the the Ryder Cup, because as the players are just getting more and more insulated, more and more touchy, more and more anti media, and um, you know Jeff Babineau, the the golf writer, always uh, has has always noted. You know you can you can watch car racing, uh, any any kind of auto race, and some guy will crash into a wall and 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 see his life uh, go before his eyes, and twenty minutes later he's out doing an interview. I mean these people, you know, shank a chip and make a double bogey and a exhibition, and it's the end of the world. So um, it's it's a very but you know Lexi also has some strange standards to uh you know getting upset about commenters on instagram and and weirdos and pervs which i completely understand but then you know posting a lot of stuff that's pretty provocative that brings out those people and that not seeing that uh inconsistency is probably why she can't quite um embrace uh alex asking a question about as gently as he possibly can <laughs> The uh, uh, touchier, uh, more is why do you think that is, Jeff? What's happened? Oh, well, they're surrounded by you know, the agents are, are generally deplorable at this point. They just tell them all these people are out to get you and they're they're out to bring you down. And of course, we have a lot of that in sort of um, right wing media circles that everybody's there to you know, should either should be there to tell you how great you are. and and that's really chipped away. A lot of the golfers have absorbed all that. And uh, I mean, you'll see Brooks Kepka, who's actually one, really one of the better quotes in golf, but he almost always starts every answer out defensively or, or, or every time he hears a question, he's immediately on the defensive. And then when he gets that out of his system, he then gives you a great answer. And you're just like, what, what, you know, what, why would you do that? Why, why are you that way? And who, who's riling you up? Uh, to make you think that, uh, you know, what, what was the thinking on 17 today, that that's some sort of gotcha question? It's, like, it's yeah. just a well, question. You know, you know, Shaq, I think you see this because, you know, we're around him a lot. Um, I think that Brooks uses that. It's manufactured motivation for him. I mean, you know, sure. you know sure. defensive nature is like, it's, it's like everybody against him, you know, everybody's against Brooks, you know, or they don't believe in Brooks. Well, I got yeah. news for you. I think most people do believe in Brooks because he's pretty freaking good. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's probably the best big, you know, big game hunter there there is on in golf right now. Not probably he is. Uh, but you're, you're so right. He Brooks comes off as the too cool for school guy. And, you know, your question, maybe, you know, he's going to, he's going to pass it off as being a dumb question or whatever. But Brooks is actually a fantastically good interview, I think. He's yeah. really, you know, I mean, he's not as transparent or whatever, maybe as, as Rory, but or maybe gives you as well thought out answers as Rory does. But I really 
uh, enjoy. He's opened my eyes a lot over the last few years about how good he is in the interview room. He really, he, he's good, but you're right. It's just always, there's always that underlying, nobody believes in me, you know, but that's just the athlete mantra. You know, you just either roll your eyes like you just did. I mean, it's like, you know, Brooks, you know, you got five majors. It's okay. You know, you, yeah. we know you're good. Uh, Mark, you're a New York Post a golf correspondent. People will know that. Probably one of the, well, certainly in, in the print business, print slash electronic business, uh, one of the most high-profile uh, golf writers around. The uh, And also one of the, I mean, not to butter you up, because I, I hate to do that, obviously. Keep but going, I, man. Keep going. Yeah, no, no. Uh, but you're out and about, you know, scuffling. Old-school scuffling. You don't mind me saying that. You, you know, I just, you know, get chasing after players on the golf course, you know, a lot of guys just sitting in the media center and wait for the players to come in. Uh, Jeff, you're another one. You're out and about. You're out chasing guys um, all the time. Uh, who's surprising? Uh, who would people be surprised about at how you know accommodating the? You know, if you if it's a Tuesday and you uh, you're sort of running around and who can you? Who's usually pretty good? I, I'm asking you the question because you've told me before. There's a couple of guys who I find very surprising that have been really quite good to, to guys like you. But you, you give me throw me throw out something. I got to think about that for a second, Lawrence. Well, um, well, what? Well, let me. Okay, I, I'm just going. to – How about your old buddy Patrick Reed? Oh, so well, you know that's you know. I've, see now, I, I've had some really really good interviews with Patrick um, in practice rounds on a on a uh, um, on a. Yeah, actually, you know, now you've just jogged my you jogged me a little bit. I was vapor locking a little bit. Um, I've had a couple of incredibly good interviews with him uh, down in Charlotte and, and also at, at Tiger's tournament at the hero. And I, I you know, I, we're going to get, I, I feel hang like, on. I feel like I'm going to be scoffed at right now. No, okay? no, no. Well, hang on. The one at the Tiger's tournament, was that post digging the trench or pre digging the trench? Oh, well, the, no, that was right after, no, that was right after the Ryder cup um in france when he threw everybody under the bus i was the first person to interview him is that what you're talking about or no 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 I'm just, anyway i was just talking about the cheat anyway go on I mean, well, yeah, you're, you're friends with cheats Can, oh oh, I, oh yes i don't know i'm trying to remember if no that was before the the sand uh the the uh um the sand caper yes i'm sorry i believe that i think it was probably late maybe that wasn't that tournament anyway right anyway go on but my point is i think that patrick I, I I don't want to say he's misunderstood because he's, but I, I do believe that there's some elements to Patrick that are, um, that I like. And, and I think most people don't like. Um, and I would say the same thing about Bryson DeChambeau, um, who's a very polarizing figure. I think Bryson is the, is the biggest case that I've come across of the most, mis, one of the more misunderstood guys out there. Because I do believe he has a big heart, but Bryson is getting back to what Jeff was talking about a little bit about the how pampered the athletes are and, and the agents and things like that. Um, Bryson can't get out of his own way because uh, so often because he has no self awareness whatsoever. He just somewhere along the way he's lost finding that self awareness gene or getting it or acquiring it. But he really, I'm, I can tell you from stuff off the golf course that this guy has a big heart. I think he's. There's a lot of interesting elements to him. You're shaking your head. You can't stand him. I know, but most people, those two, those are two particular guys that most people don't like, but I'm not saying uh, uh, Patrick Reed is an embraceable dude. Of course he's not, you know, but there's a lot of things, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's taken place in his background there, but um, I, Bryson in particular, I really do like, I genuinely do like Bryson. Um, and I, again, you could shake your head, but I've had some, and these aren't just from, interviews i've done with him or anything like that i know some stuff that he's done off the golf course charitably um you know i intimately involved with some of that stuff with with some very very close friends and i'm sorry i i i that's my opinion of him i i know it's not popular i i i only asked jeff are you okay do you need you need a pause to get no i i actually you... agree with uh, both of those i don't know reed is as since that incident in France has, has been pretty tough, but uh, Bryson can be wonderful uh, when he's in the right mood and all that. He's fantastic and wants to uh, educate you on what he's trying, what he's thinking. And, and it's just more of, you know, so much of this Lawrence is the problem is the notion. Well, two things. One, we've, we have discussed this before, but where we, where players are interviewed, 
when they're interviewed right after the golf uh, round, they've been out for five hours, they're, they're tired, they're hungry, they're thirsty, um, and they're almost always better 15 to 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes after a round. They've cooled off a little bit. And so we always, you know, those post-round scrums are useless for that reason alone. Um, and then, yeah, they're not really made available very much. But when they, when you do get them, maybe on a practice round day or something where they're wherever where they're just more relaxed, uh, a lot of them are better. But there's almost always now an agent there every day of the week, or a, now the swing coaches are kind of these uh, weird bodyguards too, and. The caddies, of course, think they're Secret Service agents. So, you know, the the, the combination of all of that, uh, unfortunately, does a lot of them no good. And, is, and, and, and a lot of this is, too, the, the problem is that it's in a sport where it used to have Arnold Palmer uh, and Jack Nicholas and, and, you know, people who who end their answer with, did you get everything? You, did you get what you needed? You know, I mean, it's quite a change. Um, and and they, uh, they don't seem to know that... Uh, uh, this stuff doesn't really hurt them if they sit down for just a few minutes or stand for, they don't have to sit down. They can just talk for a few minutes, you know, won't it kill them, but it would help them. They don't view it that way, Mark, as you know, because they now have social media to, to go to and, and that mindset that that's always there and that'll be my outlet and I can control it. Um, that's been a thing in the last few years that may change as well, though, with, with Twitter sort of becoming um uh, less of an attractive place to be and and uh, they still have instagram but uh you know that's uh there are a lot of different factors Lawrence, that, that uh, feed into this but i um, think hey listen guys let's be honest too money the money is, yeah, is obscene sure. the money is obscene i mean and and i think that's a big factor there these guys don't need you know not not to say that Jack and Arnie, it wasn't a money thing for those guys, but that was an older school day where they realized that the media was part of their responsibility and they respected the the, the media that was out covering them on a regular basis. Um, the problem now is most of these players see most of us, you know, they're just, we're painted. And it's, this is not just in golf, this is in everything because I cover a lot of sports, but we're painted with a broad brush. It's just, oh, the media, I got to do media. Let's just go to get that out of the way kind of thing, you know, and um you know there there's are a very few you know golfers out there that that i believe have a respect for what we do and this is not a bitching and moaning thing i'm just just an observation and it's reality um and you know and that's because of certainly they can get their message out on insta or 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 or, or x or whatever we're calling that nonsense now um but the money too i mean these guys are make they make so much money it just doesn't matter you know and i mean it's yeah. you know the guy you know the 150th ranked player in the world has got yachts and you know yeah. jets and all that kind of stuff anyway yeah the, the talk of uh these players making so much money let's move on to an event where they make no money whatsoever i don't think are, are jeff do they are you playing the right of cup do you get a sort of a country some sort of contribution you can give to yeah uh, to your your charity yeah they they yeah. i don't know the That's exact number now it was over a hundred thousand it wasn't much uh really when you think about the amount of revenue that's brought in and um, didn't uh but as we know student. this is a great look at i mean ian poulter has four ferraris for a reason and it's the Ryder cup more than this has nothing to do with anything he did in other other golf tournaments it's what he's done in this so it's an event that if you succeed in it it, it tends to pay off in certain ways especially in europe i think i don't know how much it means to the united states but it means something to the american fan uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I tell you, uh, my own personal, um, not to talk about myself, but I will for a, a second. The uh, our local Little Muni uh, has a Ryder Cup competition today. There's 50 guys playing in it, and uh, it's like been the talk of the town. They had an opening ceremony last night uh, at the golf club. Uh, some food and tacos and beer, and it's just astonishing the grip. What did you, uh, what did that, you wear? What did you wear? What did you wear last night, Lawrence? What was your outfit? Uh, I, I I wore a pair of shorts and uh, a, a clean t. This is a clean t-shirt this morning. Yeah, no, no. I'm actually the uh, the the announcer, or the the first tee announcer. Um, not not playing, but I. But 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 my point being that Jeff, to your point, I mean it really. The Ryder Cup does have a grip, even on the uh, on the broader American sports public, but certainly the American golf public. It's a it's a big big deal. I mean, I, I'm guessing. There'll be Ryder Cup co competitions at golf clubs all across uh, the states this weekend. 
Yeah, that's more the I think the build up and then the the post cup analysis is almost all bigger than the actual matches, especially this year <laughs> in the United States because they're going to be on in strange hours uh, for a lot of people. And it, and I think it's a transitional year. We 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 don't have Tiger and Phil and you know Poulter and Garcia and Westwood and and I think it's a time that uh, which is fine. It's time. It was uh, probably due for sort of a reset, and that'll take a little of the buzz away. But I I think we're already seeing. And the build-up, the usual shenanigans, the usual neur- neurotic stuff, uh, the secrecy I, is my favorite <laughs> thing. Um, you know, over the the methods and the and the mindset, and oh my gosh, it's just absurd. What what, I, you know? I mean, even Stacey Lewis in the Solheim Cup didn't want to give away why she paired certain people with other people. That has nothing to do with the match. The other team can't this isn't football they're not they're not you know trying to match one scheme with another scheme it's a stupid match and how you put two people together uh, the other team doesn't it's not going to help them to know that your secret sauce so anyway all that comedy is great fun and then of course we know it's just a sport of individuals who are very good because they're 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 on their own they're loners they're individualists they're rugged individualists in their minds um and they're thrown into a team environment and they're in team formats. And uh, and it's particularly problematic for the U.S. because they don't uh, play very well in foursomes. So uh, uh, <laughs> it just puts them in an awkward spot and we're fascinated by that. And uh, it's what makes the event so much fun. The, uh, to your point, Jeff, or, uh, I'm going to mention this because I know the person who wrote it will probably be listening, but I read a piece of like 1,500 words on the analysis of the press press conference grippings. Yes. What does what well, might it say? <laughs> well, in a way, I mean, yes, it's well, we, well, they do this thing all week where it's secretive about who's going to play with who, and yeah, we kind of know now, and that's fine, you know. And and really, the U.S.'s bigger problem is that nobody's been playing coming into this other than uh, Max Homa and Justin Thomas up in in Napa, but the rest of the guys are going to be coming in off a, a pretty long break. And, uh, so yeah, they don't need to play the game all week of, of, first of all, who cares who's playing with who it's really not that interesting in this case, because there aren't any goofball dynamics or weird stuff like who's going to play with Patrick Reed and that kind of thing. Their bigger focus needs to be on getting sharp. And yeah, I mean, the U S has won three points total in foursomes in the last two overseas Ryder Cup matches. So they need to be, I mean, this came up in the NBC call, which was was pretty uh free of of insights, but um Byram did bring up the how how uh you know this is kind of a group that's coming in and not playing much. And I tried to ask Paul Azinger, who wouldn't take an, a stance on anything, um, maybe he's saving it for the shows. I don't know, but I I asked, would you change things up a little in the practice rounds? Would you actually play some pretty serious matches uh just to get the guys kind of locked in mentally and or at least play a match and uh yeah he wouldn't commit to that but i think our guys should be should be playing foursomes uh, early in the week uh but this is a, this is the beauty of it lawrence you've got guys speeds just had a child and he's just going to be trying to get his game in shape and i mean they all have different needs and they work different ways and that's the fun of it is they're thrown into this team setting and and as a captain zach johnson probably should should he's already made clear who's playing with who essentially with those press conference uh uh, uh, uh whatever we want to call them pairings and pods. uh pods we call them pods? pods the pods and he should be uh trying to push these guys to all right what are we going to do to get sharp but not wear ourselves out during the week and whether he can do that or not we don't know we never know what uh, the task force and the 45 vice captains and the whole thing uh, mean and oh and by the way Wyndham Clark threw out some good little fun stuff about uh you know wants to beat Rory wants to play Rory he thinks he's uh he's he wants to show he's better than him uh, I thought that was fun so yeah, we were getting the bulletin more material it's 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 getting there the uh the uh well uh, your idea of uh, playing foursomes proper matches is not going to happen uh, the most of the things that I've been reading all week Jeff are the uh it's um uh, oh, the course is really hilly. We'll not be playing, you know, we don't want to take out the guy's legs. And yeah, so I, I, I'm guessing there'll be no proper matches that Tuesday, Wednesday. You, Mark, you, you right? know, the irony is some of the worst climbs are to, to tease way back because, you know, 
the guys work out so much. So there, there yeah. are some, there are some climbs in there and a couple of them made me laugh because especially 17 to 18, it's just brutal. And it's all because they had to get the T way back to make it a, a par five of, uh, uh, that they don't hit with a nine iron, you know, on their second shot. So anyway. actually that's another quick, uh, before I come to you, Mark, quick, I saw him come. I think there's three occasions this week where the players are carted back to a T on or yeah. taken to the next T from a green. Uh, that's, uh, that's pretty sad, really. Uh, um, anyway, Mark, I, I used to when I was out on the beat. Uh, the the I used to think it was the longest five days in golf. The the run up to the Ryder Cup. It's uh, how are you going to cope? You're you're flying out uh, Sunday Sunday night. You were there Monday morning. Um, you know, it's a long time till the first ball's out on Friday, isn't it? It's a long time. I mean, quite frankly, you know, Lawrence. I, I mean, the four days leading up to a, a major championship to me are yeah, you know yeah. are long, right? I mean, or the three days, I should say. Usually, I'll start writing on the on the Monday. So you write, you know, you bang in the drums Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, this is an added day. Uh, oh, that day is just torture. It's tough. Yeah, you know, I mean, really, when when you get Thursday, Thursday is probably the toughest day of, of all because you're like, I mean. What else are you going to write? I have a number of story ideas and narratives and things I, I certainly want to write and pursue. But, man, you just want to get that competition started. Because usually what's, when it gets going, it's going to be awesome, you know? What's, uh, what's your best idea for the week? What, what, oh, I wouldn't topic? say I have any crazy cool ideas. But, I mean, some of the, the – the, you know, there's just some obvious stuff. I mean, I, I, I'm i fascinated by the entire Justin Thomas dynamic. Um, you know, there's there's – I mean, that could – and very well may make or break the Zach Johnson, you know, whatever you want to call it, legacy as a captain there. Cause we all know that Zach was going to pick Justin all along when he spoke to us at the open championship, it was pretty damn clear. There was still weeks and weeks after that, you know, for him to try to make the, the, the FedEx cup, which he didn't. And, it, but we walked out of, you know, out of Liverpool knowing damn well that, that, that Justin was going to be on that team I have a weird gut feeling that Justin's going to have a really good week. I just, you know, he's obviously, as we know, he's a bulldog. I know you're scoffing. His form hasn't been good, but I just, I can see that happening. I can see him. But if he doesn't have a, a really good week or, or if he has a particularly horrific week, that's all on Zach Johnson, you know? And, and uh, you know, listen, if he's, if he's a big reason why U.S. loses yet again on European soil, um, that's, you know, that's on Zach Johnson because – uh, I just, again, I, I just have a weird feeling. It's a total gut feeling. It's not based, obviously, on his form. But yeah. I just feel like you get him in that Ryder Cup atmosphere, I think he can snap out of, you know, what the slump that he's been in. And, uh, you know, he did, if I'm not mistaken, he was playing fairly well for a while in, in Napa, right? So, Yeah, uh, no, I think he finished fifth. The, uh, yeah. The, yeah. The, do you have any particular insight on the Bradley? I saw Bradley did uh, he did the 40-year-old virgin podcast this week. No, that Keen Bradley's a 40-year-old virgin, but the hosts are. Um, the, um, do you have any particular insight uh, on why? Is Bradley just not liked? Is he seen as a kind of weird dude? I don't. Well, this was, I mean, my theory on the cap. I mean, my theory on the captain's fix things that maybe nudged Keegan out is, you know, the fact that obviously, you know, uh, Justin Thomas is going to be on that team. So there's one. And the Sam Burns thing was, listen, I mean, Sam Burns is a terrific player, but, you know, he's, he's Scotty Shuffler's guy, right? So, I mean, that that's a big deal. So, and that's all. And Keegan is not one of those, you know, he's not one of the, you know, the, the fraternity guys, right, that goes to, you know, down to the Bahamas and does all that stuff. He he even, on it by his own accounts, has said he's a bit of an outsider. So, and and this Ryder Cup, let's be honest, has become a bit of a good old boys network. I mean, it has. has. I mean, so – it's a good old boys with a lot of damn good players, but does that mean, I, I really felt that the Keegan should have been on that team. In my opinion, I think he's a fire starter. Uh, I know his most success has come, you know, under the wing of Phil, who's not going to be there, but uh, I think I really do believe that passion matters and listen, his form's been pretty good. His putting's been back. Um, and you throw that in with how badly he wants this and, and, and what the Ryder cup means to him. I think that's the kind of the stuff that us side has been missing for so yeah. long, not, not lately. Cause I think it's gotten better, but the Keegan Bradley's of the world are the stuff that was missing back in the day when we were getting drummed every, every two years, you know? So I, I thought he should have been on the team. I wrote it beforehand and it's no offense to Sam Burns at all. I mean, he was in great form, but is Sam, do you think Sam Burns is frightening anybody on that European side? Well, the uh, I read again read this, the the Burns Scheffler appearing in Presidents Cup is awful. The record's crap. 
But they're, um, they're pals. They're boys, man. Well, so, that's um, yeah. Did you did you see the Bradley stuff, Jeff? Did anything strike you about that? Well, I I'm with Mark. You know, watching watching the Solheim Cup right now, and you just reminded there are certain people in match play who are who are annoying in a good way to play. <laughs> no, yeah. and I mean that you know he's, they they bother <laughs> they get under your skin and the way he plays some of his weird twitchy stuff and and his passion. Uh, he's the kind of guy that that would just annoy the crap out of certain teams. That's why I think he was successful, and not just because he was playing with Phil. But uh, you know, as Mark says, they were a, a good duo in in the Ryder Cup and a uh, Presidents Cup, I believe, too. Uh, so, um, but no, I don't, I don't think there, I don't think it's anything other than the this uh, task force nonsense of of uh, who fits the uh, the mold and, and whatever is good in the team room, and and we've seen this over and over again in the U.S. is that's probably helped them at times. Uh, they have been bonded and 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 getting along well. And then there've been times where it hasn't worked and they probably seized too much on the ones that uh, the, the Patrick Reed moments that, that didn't work, but sometimes you just got to suck it up. I don't think Sam Burns is particularly uh, popular either. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad guy or anything. I just don't think he's got any uh, thing other than he's a solid player and he's uh, he and Scheffler seem to get on pretty well. I mean, I think the underrated part of that component is that who, who how many guys are compatible with Scotty Scheffler? You know, again, he's a he's does things his own way and he plays a certain way and he's really slow and that takes a certain kind of person to to want to play with him. So I guess Burns has signaled that he would he would be a, a good fit. I mean, he and Keegan Bradley and Scheffler would never finish around and four balls. It <laughs> take two days. Um, no, I, so, Jack, I would, you know, just I mean, I, I know what pairings are done in Dustin already, but, you know, and I, I mean, you know, if I'm Zach Johnson, I'd have taken Dustin Johnson. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, I you know, I know he's, he's in Siberia playing on live and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And maybe it would have rubbed some people the wrong way. I don't think it would have because I think a lot of these guys – on this team, on the current team, are, are are good pals with Dustin. I mean, he hasn't fallen out of favor, unlike some of the other guys. And, you know, his record speaks for itself. And, again, I know he hasn't been lighting it up on Liv, but, you know, he's we know we know what Dustin's doing right now. He's collecting big cash, right? So yeah. he's good. And, and he has a great mindset for the Ryder Cup because he doesn't have a mindset. He just, he just kind of – Hotline man, he doesn't care, and that's that's what you got to do, you know. And and I, I thought I thought that was a big mistake on on uh, on Zach Johnson's part, not taking Dustin Johnson out of that out of the out of live. Anyway, a quick note. We should really talk about the Europeans before we leave. The, the, the quick note, a uh, little bit of trivia: 2017 U.S. Walker Cup team. Uh, Scotty Scheffler should never have been picked. Uh, Jeff and he his place should have gone to Sam Burns, probably one of the biggest snubs in the history of uh, well. Who cares? The modern history or the history of the modern Walker Cup is just preposterous. Uh, on, on the, quickly on the European teams, uh, I don't know, I'll ask you guys if you've got any particular insight. The one thing I've been, uh, heard was the uh, the level of disbelief in the Moronk camp when he was uh, he got the phone call was uh, hard to overestimate, uh, which suggests to me, again, not, not, nobody's actually said this to me, but suggest to me that he'd been basically told or given the nod the whole uh, right through the summer or into the into the autumn, and uh, the, the, there might have been a change of a change of mind very very late on in the process. Mm. Um, uh, again, who would have who would have come in very late in the pro? It would either be Hoygaard or uh, my mind's blanking. Who's the other one? Jeff? Well, it could have uh, been. I mean, you could even throw in Shane Lowry. I mean, he hasn't Shane really... Lowry. Yeah, was La- probably yeah, so the... Lowry. Lowry is kind of the Justin Thomas on that side, right? Yeah. I mean, for uh... sure. You know, yeah, I think so. Well, I, I think agree he's with that. Polarizing, a polarizing veteran pick, so to speak. Uh, but uh, listen, I I know Adrian Moronk is not. You know, he hasn't. He's been around here for. He's been around for ten minutes, so to speak. Right. I think he has good reason to be pissed. And uh, I mean, there were just. I mean, he kind of checked almost every box you want. You know, to to, to some degrees. One on that. You know, one on that on that golf course before, and and. Uh, you know he's been in good form. He's won a couple times. He's won more times than a lot of the other guys on the team in in, in more most recent history. So, but again, it's it's a little bit hard for Adrian Moronk, who's so new on the scene and doesn't have a a resume, so to speak, to be you know that outraged. But I I don't 
I don't blame him for being outraged. And I think well, you're right, Lawrence. I think he's been led to believe all along that he was on that team. Yeah. So, so what happened at the end? At the uh, Bjorn's a very. I think people really don't understand just how influential Thomas Bjorn is on that whole European tour Absolutely. circuit. He is a he he is a a big cheese. Uh, but it is ironic, though, the biggest uh, whining, moaning, uh, hissy fit in the history of the, of, the, of the Ryder Cup was Thomas Bjorn when uh, Ian Woosnam didn't pick him for the uh, 2006 uh, team in Ireland. Uh, people should go back and read that. And uh, it Turns was. Uh, they didn't really need him. Uh, well, yeah, you think. Um, but uh, anyway, th- th- there you go. I-, I wonder, Jeff, this is a, a question that's just occurred to me. Th- this whole. Why don't we just take the 12? You have the rankings, take the 12 guys and let's go. Because if you do that, you have, you kind of have all these personality classes and, you know, internal personality classes, guys who don't get on. And it kind of adds to the, uh, the task of the captain to try and sort of negotiate ways through his way through that kind of shit. Uh, wouldn't that be much better? Instead, we have this buddy buddies, guys looking after their guys, Scottish chef looking after, after Burns, uh, you know, Spieth and you're looking after Thomas, you have Bjorn looking after Hoygaard and Rory looking after Lowry. Let's just have 12 versus 12 off the rankings. Let's fucking go. Boring. Come on. This is a marketing. This is, this is marketing for the matches. This, this drama, all these little man spats or, or gal spats of the Solheim cup, all this feeds the the narrative of the build-up to the whole thing it's fantastic i love all the uh over over analysis overthinking the personality tests the data we're gaming it out who's gonna who's a fit on the on the course it's great stuff are you kidding it's the best fodder of all well the other thing the other thing i i I, the other thing is it does take i i i like your premise and i think it's fascinating and and it but you know what it takes so much pressure off the captain, too. I mean, you know, I mean, think about we just talked about. Listen, if Lowry stinks it up, well, how's that going to look for you know on on uh, you know for Luke and, and Rory, you right. know, or, you know, but and obviously Justin Thomas, you know, those kind of things are part of the narrative of the Ryder Cup, right? What is how's the captain faring? How, you know, what kind of job did he you know did the captain do leading <laughs> yep. in? You know, then then the pairings, as Jeff said, it just adds to the you know to the element of the drama. I, I I do think though it would be fascinating to just take the top twelve, right? But uh, it I think that takes some of some element of of the of the drama and the and the second guessing out of it if you do it that way. Yeah, I, 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 am, I get it. I am surprised Europe went to six picks because I do think there was at one point it may not be the case now with the strategic alliance or the operational joint venture partnership or the <laughs> events of June 6th. But uh, there was, there was a, a method to the madness of, of rewarding people who were loyal to the European tour in a way and accruing points and going to six picks kind of threw that out. And I don't know what will happen going forward. I mean, these things, as you know, they change. If, if the picks backfire, the next captain might go, yeah, I'll just take, I'll just do three picks and, you, you just don't know. So I think, but I think all oh, that's part of the fun of, of, uh, and again, these are people who are not team players and, and you're putting all these team dynamics uh, on their laps and, and, and in their face. And I think that's what makes this so fun. I think they should pick on each side. The best ping pong players on each team should be. There you go. Hey, don't <laughs> as, underestimate the possibility that, that, uh, you know, that, that team room table tennis is a part of the, uh, the thinking. I think actually Keegan Bradley's pretty good at it. Uh, as I recall, yeah. maybe that's why he didn't get picked. He's Not too good. Future. Right. Jeff, well, we, of course. Uh, Jim, we, we spoke very briefly uh, uh, in last week's point about the golf course. Uh, where do you think this one will sit uh, as a Ryder Cup uh, golf course? Uh, well, after, after the Solheim Cup, it's going to look like uh, Cypress Point meets the old course. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, I, I, you know, I wrote a piece. I think I, I'm going to write a little bit more. I think it's going to be a good neutral venue in terms of, of the types of shots. I mean, if, if you flight it right to left, you're going to like it a little bit more um, with some tee shots. But and I don't know. Again, I just don't know what they're going to do with the rough. I really think they wanted the teams to see it or their team. And I think it could really backfire on Europe if they try to do what they did at Le Golf National, which was 
which kind of bastardized the course a little bit, the way they grew the rough right off the fairways. And I mean, to the point where Phil was pondering playing way down to the right of the first hole in the stadium mounting um, to, to, to just avoid the water and the rough. It was stupid, but um, not, not his, his thinking, the, the setup was stupid, but um, I, I think that they will, they will regret it if they do that because this group tends to be a little bit more of a bombers group for Europe. Uh, not as many plotters and, and guys who, who uh, want that kind of a setup. I think it's going to be super. There's some drivable holes. There's some interesting greens. There's some simple holes. I don't think it's going to get in the way of the matches, but I think it's going to, uh, you know, be a nice accent and add to some drama. And then I, as we discussed uh, last week, I think once people get on site, the atmosphere is going to be incredible. Again, you know, looking at the Solheim, how spread out this thing is on the top of a mountain. And and even there, the fan energy is still okay. Um, but this place has a potential. I mean, there are a couple spots where you can see multiple holes and tees and you're going to have roars through the property. They removed trees. They got rid of the power lines. It's going to have nice views off to the city and off to, to kind of the mountains. And I think it's going to look sensational and, and uh, I, uh, the energy is going to be off the charts. Uh, they've sold everything out. They've got massive build outs. So if people aren't too cranky, but from, from the journey getting there, uh, I, I think it's going to be one of the, the better European venues. I mean, again, that's not saying a whole lot, by the way, Yeah, uh, I was gonna you ask. Know, when you're talking about K clubs and belfries and, Celtic manners and and all that stuff, but I, I think it's going to be uh, a very solid uh, venue. Can I can I ask you, Jeff? Given this is your field of uh, of expertise, uh, does it really matter if a Ryder Cup golf course is a great is a good absolutely golf course? yeah? And I take offense whenever people always poo poo the course. Like, well, 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 think about it. What was the one moment at the Belfry that was interesting? Well, the tenth hole. It was not a perfect hole. But it had dynamics of risk reward and do do I or don't I? And uh, it's you know it's just like any kind of uh, artistic uh, effort. You know the, the the golf course is the stage, and and where it's played matters. You know if an orchestra plays it's some place with bad acoustics and and the the the, the crowd's miserable and it's got no ambiance. Well, it's not going to be as good. And and the course absolutely should be that interesting sort of third uh, component besides the, the the two teams going against each other. And then if the weather's anything at all, it looks like it's going to be very benign, warm, and not much breeze. When I was there, it was very breezy um, and dry. It was beautiful, uh, dry heat and all that. But um, And it looks like that's what it'll be. So I I, I know I take uh, – I really get annoyed, and I think – the Walker Cup of the Old Course just reminded people of that. The Walker Cup at LA Country Club. Um, I think Beth Page will be a uh, an excellent uh, Ryder Cup venue uh, if the crowds are kind of kept within reason. So no, I think the course is a huge, huge factor, and uh, it's just a no brainer to try to go to good courses. And I think it's why uh, people get pretty cranky when the European Tour has gone to some places that are not so good. And I think it's why they've brought in European golf design has done these last two redos of the golf national and, and uh, Marco Simone uh, to make them more match play friendly and to, to juice up the matches a little. So good for them. Yeah. Hey, what yeah, what Mark, I remember about Celtic Manor, it was a freaking quagmire, right? It, yeah, was, in the, yeah, it was in the valley in the rain season. I mean, yeah. what what were you what were you missing there when you were setting that whole thing up? Instead of going down the down the road to a, one of the great Lynx golf courses in yeah. in, the, in in Europe, you know, and uh, so yeah, you're. I, I agree with you, Jeff. I mean, and I like the, I'm I'm the biggest on the risk reward factor. I love the risk reward stuff. Um, you know, you don't want. The, you don't want cookie cutter stuff where guys no. just hit the same shots at the same spots. And, uh, and that I think is a big, big deal uh, in any match play, but certainly a Ryder cup and just getting into the crowds for a quick second, if I could, you know, I, I mean, the Europeans, obviously their, their fans travel better than anybody. And they are, I, I love, I love the European crowds and uh, they didn't get a chance to do that at whistling straights. Cause they were still in COVID restriction, travel restriction stuff. So even though obviously Whistling Straits was going to be massively heavy American sided, you know, we, I kind of missed, you know, all, you know, all the, everybody dressed in yellow and all the, whatever those crazy outfits that they wear and whatnot. And, you know, that was missing that element there. And I think, you know, this, this is kind of now 
four years that you know these guys, this, these fans have been waiting to get after it for the European side. So I think it's going to be rabid, and I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. The uh, I should mention of uh, Celtic Manor, but we should really wrap this up. But uh, eventually, Celtic Manor that would be a uh, that week. Those four days were weren't bad. Remember the uh, the uh, was it Sun Mountain, Jeff? The the oh, leads it. Yes. Corey, the, the Lisa Pavin. Uh, yeah, it wasn't Sun Mountain's fault. Let's be clear. It was right, uh, it was the uh, the stitching work that was requested by the captainess. Right. Uh, yeah. The uh, well, oh, there was the other one. It was completely made up. The tiger had said something about Rory in the locker room and it had been overheard. I mean that uh, that you know that was a some piece of gossip that just grew arm and legs and it was on every back page by. Uh, by uh, by the Wednesday, and then the next day, the Europeans came out with all wearing Rory wigs on the first tee to make the kid feel better. It was, uh, oh my God, those those well, days are just. We're all just, burying the lead at Celtic Manor, and and in that the gift at Celtic Manor was Monty. So as always, <laughs> so, that was really the gift. I mean, let's be let's just as sports writers and sports podcasters, let's call that out for what it is. You know, Monty was the star of the show. The uh, actually, well, that's a good point. Uh, New York Post, uh, you know, also you like a good you like a story. Uh, the good the, the boring captains are on the rise, aren't they? I mean, they're, they're really, I mean, time for uh, you know, this one in particular. I mean, listen, oh, I, my I personally like Zach Johnson. Uh, he's uh, you know, I don't I think Zach Johnson even himself would not have called gonna call himself the most dynamic uh chap in, on the planet. And Luke yeah. Donald is like is lukewarm. Hang on. Luke Donald's a wildcat. We'll have no no Okay. The uh yeah, even Har- I, I think there's something about the role that you know, even Harrington was for an interesting guy, he was a pretty boring captain. Uh bring back Monty, I say. Or I Thomas Bjornner. I miss Nick Faldo bawling at the press oh conference. Oh my god, Ooh, that was another one. Anyway, one. right, we're in the tournament. We've got to, we've got to wrap this up. Uh, uh, stupid question. Uh, how do you think it's going to go, Mark? But and you can't just say you got to tell me why. Um. Oh boy. Uh, oh Jesus Christ! It's not like you, you know you're not going to live and die in your answer. No, you know I. I what I do think, I think it's going to be extremely close. That's one thing I will say. I do not think there's going to be a blowout. And I know a lot of these things have been blowouts. Um, I, I got a weird feeling this is going to be really close. And I have a weird feeling that some of the guys on the on both sides that you might not expect to, to have kick-ass tournament, uh, you know, matches may, you know, like the Hogards and the Abergs and, and you know, on the U.S. side, I, I have a weird feeling like I, I already told you, you know, I think that I think that, that Justin Thomas is going to have a good good week. I think that Brian Harmon, again, not the most thrilling guy around, but he's a bulldog. I think he could kick some ass in that. In that, he's 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 afraid of nothing. Um, but I I'm, I pro- I think that Europe is going to win in a very tight match. That's what I think. I don't. I think the U.S. just doesn't get it done European soil again. Yeah, Brian Harmon's a bulldog. He's afraid of. Well, yeah, let's see him on Sunday, uh, first game against Rory in singles. Well, listen, uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, I get it, but I do think yeah. you know, he's good. Because you you talk to these guys, guys who've played in the in the Ryder Cup, and the uh, guys who've done, been there, done everything, and that first tee experience is uh, is something you know. Not, my I'm favorite, not my, you. my favorite part of the Ryder Cup, and I could, I if I was a fan, I would sit at the first tee all day long. I, I love the first tee. I love the action. I love the 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 intensity, the emotion of the first tee. I I you know I I so that's my favorite part of it because you can really you can you can feel the nerves in the air from these guys. Yeah. Jeff, dumb question to you. Uh, 15, 13 Europe. I think uh, it'll be another one where the U S probably uh, loses it in foursomes and they make a great run in singles. Uh, I think the Harmon Kepka team will be the shock uh, surprise team. Uh, it's such a kind of an oddball pairing in a weird way, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, but I think they're tough and I think they'll end up being, they'll be the shock uh, team for the U S I mean, it's not shocking. A champion golfer of the year, and Brooks Kepku rises to the occasion. But for some reason, I I think they'll do fine, and um, I think it'll be a great close match. Uh, I, you know, I'm not sure about some of the European rookies how they'll perform, and you know, Bobby McIntyre just missed the cut in the French Open. Yeah, by Starting miles. to stink it up. Uh, Nikolai, we'll see what he does. 
but I think that, and I don't know if Rom's going to love the course uh, just because he tends to not love places where you have to hit it right to left. But overall, I think they're going to be fine and they'll win it. Uh, and, and finally, a close match. It's been a while since we've had a really good close one. And uh, the weather's going to be great. We don't have to see everybody in stupid beanies and 45 layers. Um, at least the forecast looks sensational. So I uh, I think it's going to be a, a really good uh, Ryder Cup, an above-average Ryder Cup. How have we great. gone an entire hour and not mentioned Sepp Straka? Yeah, no, well, they, it is. Uh, yeah, he that, might be the surprise star for for Europe. Who knows? Uh, he's he's another guy who likes to get in there, and I think he was a great pick. I'm not too. Uh, everybody seems pretty quietly confident that 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 was a no brainer yeah, for I'm them. Good. Even though I'm, you I'm, could lump him into that group of uh, eh, really, yeah, but he did have that second in the open, and that was yeah, huge. I'm only goofing on that, by the way. I have nothing against Seb Strzok. Oh, I know. Yeah, but it's we not. Had, yeah, it's it's not a household name for a lot of people yet. But there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of non-household names on both of these sides. The two well, yeah, that's right, and it's and that's going to be a problem. And the, the, the average sports fan is going to go, eh. But you know, to the golf fan, it's we've known this was needed, uh, or not needed, but inevitable that we'd have a reset. Yeah. yeah, that it would be time for some new people, and um, and and it's just it's just bound to happen. And I think it's uh, it's just fine. And I I hope Italy uh, follows through it, Mark. And I I, I hope you've mapped out your Rome uh eating situation but if you need any advice i had a i had an amazing food week uh there well so i'm, if... I'm gonna I'll, i will i'm gonna text you then because i've already done some some beginning re recon okay. Jeff, i will text you on that when we're when we're off yeah i have some i have some suggestions awesome what do you what lawrence is just what are you offended by the well, fact well, that we're well, discussing it's, 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 i mean no, this is uh, part of the this well, should be this should be a, this should be a food cast, Lars. For God's uh, sake, come on! Now. Putting the finishing touches on my when in Rome post that's going to go out in the newsletter, and and I think Mark, being a man who enjoys a good meal, uh, is I want him to. You don't want to waste a meal when you're in Rome, Lawrence. No. You 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 because you could you could make the wrong turn in there. I mean, it's not going to be bad food, but. When you can have extraordinary, you want to make sure you maximize your and your distribution of Amatriciana and, and Carbonara and yeah, on and on. So my one goal in in Paris in in eighteen, uh, because as you know, these are very busy days at the router. Yeah, Cup. It's a different. It's a different animal than than turn than, than a regular tournament. You know, you, everything's important. You don't. You can't skip anything or whatever. But. I was bent on making sure I was in downtown Paris for a proper dinner every single night that week. And <laughs> I was, and I went to some freaking good places. Yeah. And I plan to do the same thing uh, next week. Good. Right. I, right. I am. I really am calling time on this, uh, this <laughs> nonsense. Well, you're just jealous. The, uh, the, uh, very quick note, uh, New York Post sending, I'm um, Great. Uh, New York Post uh, sending uh, the golf correspondent to Rome. So they still consider golf to be relevant as a, to a mainstream audience, Mark, correct? You That's know, Mark, I've been very fortunate in that uh, golf has been an important part of our sports coverage since I've been there. I've been I'm 30 years now. I, I've been to every Ryder Cup since 1997. So, okay. you know, yeah, it, it's a big deal because and my old, my previous sports, for my previous sports editor who's retired now, it, the blood and guts and passion element of the Ryder Cup was the biggest attraction. And I think that's a big attraction for the fans. Okay, that's good. Well, it's good to see you anyway. Uh, Mark, uh, great to have you on, buddy. Uh, have a fantastic week in Rome, uh, Jeff. Uh, it's uh, McKellar week at uh, the Quadrilateral. If you haven't subscribed to the Quadrilateral, now is the time because uh, you'll be able to get the secret code that will get you access to McKellar website, 20% off everything that you can find on there. Uh, we really need the, the support. Um, uh, Jeff, uh, thanks for uh, taking an hour out of your Saturday morning. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Lawrence.